never underestimate, you know, how much you can get done with just a little effort. You know, you know, the, the bar to competing is always very, very low. You know, a lot of large companies just can't get anything done. People who work as individuals and who are driven uh, can do so much more. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't need that much to go out and compete. You just need some kind of niche and, and go out and, um, and, and build something for that niche and talk to people in that, in that uh, space. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Wealth of time. Wealth of impact wealth of family and relationships, and financial wealth. True wealth is what I'm really all about. Because this podcast is for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets. And this journey has been full of ups and downs for me. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from being a poor boy, born to a single mother in North Africa with no money, no connections, only hard work, persistence, and courage, to a European Ivy League business graduate with a great job. Still, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now, I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. And on this podcast, I'm privileged to interview hundreds of amazing people from members of the Forbes Technology Council, Google executives, Amazon, Microsoft, LinkedIn executives, to Financial Times reporters and people from Harvard University, Cambridge, Stanford, to the Vatican Church, even congressional candidates and decorated veterans, or just beginners wishing to make a difference in this world. All are welcome here. And I thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category. Top 200 in San Francisco, top 100 in Australia, top 100 in Singapore, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in Canada, top 50 in the United Kingdom, and top in many, many other places. So please share this podcast with one new person today, because when they will listen to this podcast, they'll be in very good hands. And if you are interested in my business mentoring or podcast consulting services, send me an email for more information to mentor at storybonden.com. Why do I say this here? Because when my children will be born, they deserve to have a good life, not the same hard life I had. So now let's begin. My guest today is Tom Nielsen from the University of Cambridge to University College London ranked joined seventh in the QS World University rankings. Tom is a data scientist and software engineer with a background in neuroscience. He is the co-founder of AdviceBridge.com, a fintech, and the developer of Saltcorn, a free software and open source no-code platform. A fun fact about Tom is he built microscopes and then built models to analyze the images they captured using his experimental and computational neuroscience background. Tom, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you. And that was a great introduction. I'm looking forward to talking to you very much. Thank you. And the focus today is salt corn, which I'm really excited. I'm really excited about it. And to begin... How did the idea come to birth? Was there something you noticed, an experience, a conversation, a story even you might share about the birth of salt corn? Yeah, my interest in no code goes back a long way. It goes all the way back to high school uh, where I was I was at school in, in France and I had to do community service. This sounds like I did something bad, but in fact, everybody had to do community service. It was part of our um, uh, curriculum. 
And one kindly teacher allowed me to build a database for uh, some journals, some journal articles that we had lying in a stack. And he showed me a file maker. Um, this is back in, in the late 90s, uh, so um, mid 90s maybe. Uh, so this idea goes back a long way, um, but that was the first time I encountered it, and um, it it kind of blew my mind. I'm, I mean, I knew I knew a bit about programming, but I'd never done user interfaces, I'd never done databases, but the fact that I could use FileMaker to create uh, this wonderful in interface to my own application, to my own database, just blew my mind at the time. And then it, it, the idea of no code, you know, it's, it's come and gone and, and really came back very strongly in the last, last couple of years. You know, last year it was so hot in, in, in the uh, no code investment space um, that uh, it's, it's something that, you know, for me, you know, when, whenever it popped up, I, I kept on thinking about, you know, I, I wanted to try this. A couple of years ago, I tried. Um, I, I tried started another project where the idea was more that you had uh, you'd program a an infrastructure, but then you would allow the user to um, add a field, add a custom field. But then what happened was was lockdown and COVID nineteen, and the company that I work for, that I'm a co-founder with. Um, was going to have to revisit its uh, sales strategy just because um, the rock just got pulled out from us. We we're trying to sell to companies, sell financial advice, and suddenly in lockdown, no company cared about their employees' long-term investments in, in pensions. And so I had a little bit of time on my hands, and I just started this project really to, to keep busy because... I need a project. I, I need a project to work on. Otherwise, I'm just, that's, I, I, I build things. That's what I do. That's what I do creatively. So I started Salt Corn. Um, in retrospect, uh, it was uh, a much larger project than I had hoped. I'd hoped to have something done in, in three, four months. Um, I I had no anticipation that, you know, it was going to be three months just before I had something that was, vaguely prototypical that I could show anyone else. I would say, you know, building a no-code platform, when this is what I've learned, really ranks up there together with, with building operating systems, building compilers, building databases as a really hard tool to build. And just to get all the details right is, is uh, much more work that I had anticipated. But you know what? Lockdown kept on going and... Um, I I was very happy building my tool, uh, working on it, and started sharing with other people, and such a great um, response from you know it's, it's not not everybody but but just a, a handful of people initially who who really started liking it, uh, really started using it, and you know I've I now have more feedback than I can I can manage. Uh, so so there's now more work for me to do just by listening to user feedback, which is, is such a blessing. Thank you very much. And yes, my first experience with what you see is what you get, which was the early way to say no code. I think it was WYSIWYG, or I don't know exactly how they will say it. It's uh, what you see is what you get. And uh -huh. I like really what you're mentioning right now as there is an adage in project management that any project you begin, you have to choose. Either it will take four times as long as you expect, or you double your expenses if you want to finish it on time and spend twice as much. So it's your first uh, go at that. You thought it's three or four months. Well, it probably will take 18 months or 14 or whatever, especially that the scope, there is a scope creep that adds up with more feedback telling you to do more and more and more. But let's focus specifically. Salt corn, what exactly is the intention for it? What does it do? What should it do? What is the vision that you have for it? Okay, uh, great question. Um, and, you know, it's a journey. Um, I did not start out with the vision that I am executing today. 
Um, but let me let me nevertheless um, talk about a few points that has always been in its uh, DNA. Um, so first of all, it, it is a no-code platform, and that that's what it does. It is um, if you know the no-code space, I would say it is probably comparable to Bubble, in that it um, uh, deals with both your data and your presentation. Um, it is not intended to go with um, a backend. It's not a front end to a backend. It's not a backend to a front end. It is a complete platform uh, for building database-backed applications that go on the web. Um, so I think of it very much as um, the file maker, but for the modern age and for, for the web. Um, that being said, uh, there are many such platforms. And in fact, there seems to be a new one launching uh, every week. A lot of them um, are very successful and, and good at finding niches. So um, let me talk a little bit about what, what distinguishes SaltCorn. So first of all, it is free and open source software, and it, it embraces a very liberal licensing model, the MIT license, which means that you can take the code and do whatever you want with it. You can use it commercially, you can edit the code, um, and you can host it on your own server, uh, behind your network, on a cloud, or on your desktop computer. Uh, it, it will always remain open source. It is more important for me to uh, have an open source tool than it is to go out and raise lots of, of uh, financing. Um, so uh, that's, um, that is how it will stay, and that is part of its uh, identity, that it is, uh, it is a, an open source, free and open source software, um, no-code no platform. Uh, the second thing I would say is that it embraces the relational data model, um, and it tries to become a user interface to uh, the relational data vision that we know from SQL databases. Uh, so uh, the user interface is very much focused around uh, tables, around uh, foreign keys from one table to another. Um, and um, every aspect of the user interface uh, will be some sort of view into a database uh, or, or some decoration around that. Uh, then the Third thing I would say is that it um, it is intentionally trying to be a small surface in itself in the core project, and then it is uh, embracing a plugin system, uh, and it tries to push as much as possible to the plugins and keep as small a core as possible. This is a philosophy that I learned from hanging out with people who were doing research in programming language theory. I, I spent a long time working with people from the Haskell programming language community uh, and uh, including some academics who um, uh, create new languages. And um, it's a good design principle to uh, keep that core as small as possible and then get as much functionality from an extension system. And I think this makes sense in the no-code ecosystem. It just makes my job of creating a platform more manageable. And it means that if somebody wants to do something that I didn't think about, um, then they can build their own plugin. Um, so the way you extend SaltCorn is it has a very rigid view of the kinds of things that plugins can provide. So it's not quite like WordPress where you can do almost anything in a plugin. In SaltCorn, it's more like a plugin will give you a new kind of data that you can store in a field. It will give you a new way to interact with a database row or, or something uh, similar to that, and, and, and a new uh, way of, of, of um, visualizing data from the database. And the last point I would say is that it also embraces a simple architecture. So um, that is manifest across a number of dimensions. So first of all, if you can run SaltCorn, then SaltCorn can serve uh, to, your, uh, uh, to your users. There is no uh, step with deployment 
Uh, and in that sense, it works like um, WordPress or like a CMS system. In fact, I see the class of no-code tool that it falls under as um, if you were to imagine a blogging platform and then you take the step from a blogging platform to a CMS, a content management system, then I see this generation of no-code tools as taking that same step in the same direction. So we're just building on the types of um, uh, uh, applications and, and in, in, in enhancing the class of applications that can be built with a content management system in a more flexible no-code tool where we can have Kanban boards or other things that you know, we don't necessarily, we don't usually have in content management systems. Um, so I'd say that's, that's probably the main points of SaltCoin. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, of course, you had, you needed a project uh, because the pandemic happened. So SaltCoin, if I understood correctly, again, is a complete solution from front end to back end. But what distinguishes it is it's open source, so people have access to the code and they can put it at, in their own servers inside their own um, even closed networks. They don't need to make it public and do with it what they wish. It embraces rena relational um, data sets dynamics and it has a focus on extensions so you can focus all your work and make it manageable on the core functionality and people can use extensions to work with it in adding any new functionalities but it's not unlimited like wordpress there are some kind of limited rules or whatever to make sure that those extensions are in harmony with the purpose of salt corn and the fourth one, although you said three, but then you added the fourth, that it's an extension of those, um, whether it's blogging, going to content management systems, going to this new generation of no-code tools. And then I didn't understand what you mean with that when you said it's simple. Clarify exactly, what is the difference between, let's say, a blogging platform that turns into a CMS, that turns into salt corn, or the alternatives. So by contrast, or as they do in math, sometimes you cannot prove something is correct. The only way to prove is correct is by proving it's not incorrect or it's not wrong. And that's all the proof you can have. Well, what is the opposite of the, the theory or the philosophy that SaltCorn embraces, that CMS embrace, that blogging platforms embrace, that other alternatives don't? Yeah, that's a great question. I'd say that, okay, I'd, I'd, I'd put it in this way. It, not that there's one alternative, but more that there are maybe two alternatives and, and SaltCorn sits sort of in the middle, um, a little bit away from those. On one side, uh, you have a tool like uh, Webflow. Uh, Webflow is great, uh, extremely powerful, and uh, it has empowered a lot of designers to uh, build uh, uh their websites and no longer, you know, needing developers to to do that and letting developers focus on on the hard bits that that we find fun. Um, they give you a very precise control over every element on the page. I would say though that that and 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 let's be clear, you know, Saltcorn does not give you that exact same control. It simply does not have all those settings for all the um, CSS classes for your elements. What Saltcorn does bring is uh, a foundation in data and uh, not just a single table, a sort of single spreadsheet-like data, but a whole system of related tables. So, you know, the classical example from databases is that uh, you have, you're keeping track of the employees in a company. And uh, then each employee is in a, a department and maybe then you have the accounts for each department, the expenses. And so you can relate each expense to an employee. Each employee belongs to a department. Every, every employee has a, um, a manager. Uh, every department might have a head that again links back to the 
uh, employee table. So uh, there's this rich understanding of data and how data is linked across multiple tabular formats. Okay, so that is what SaltCorn embraces that I think in Webflow or similar tools like Figma, we now have an open source uh, solution called PenPot um, and one coming up called Funklang, also open source. Uh, I think, you know, you just don't have that rich data where data can be related across tables. Okay, so that's that's one side where SaltCorn is different and and maybe again sits with, with something like Bubble or another one called Bubble. Base that's also an open source solution. Uh, on the other side, there's another class of tools that's, that's different, um, which is the workflow solution. So this is the other great success of no-code that is uh, very different from uh, something like Webflow and again, very different from SaltCorn, where you're really programming or visually developing uh, processes that is uh, events and how those events are related um, and how data flows from one processing node to another. I, I think this really started, look, this, this idea has again been around for a long time that you can have a visual workflow uh, editor. Um, I mean, people have been trying this since the 80s and doing visual programming languages. And again, an idea that came and went and maybe was too early for its time and then took off first with um, if this, then that, and now very visibly with um, Zapier and uh, Integromat, uh, the big solutions. And again, we have an open source solution called, uh, sorry, not quite open source, but source available solution called N8N, uh, which is a great tool. So these are not really about showing, you know, generating pages, right? They need some other tool to generate uh, the pages in an application that the user would see. But they they would capture some workflow, some process, something like, uh, you know, when the user signs up, then on the first day, send them one email. On the second day, send them another email and this kind of drip marketing uh, strategies. Or just, uh, you know, when the user send, signs up, then, uh, you know, take a photo, superimpose a picture of a dog and send it to the person's grandmother. And you can build all these sort of crazy workflows. And so that is how I really see the spectrum of no code and, and where the landscape is today. Thank you. So what I heard is there are three kind of philosophies or focuses. The one you mentioned, of course, is the workflow or how data goes through different parts of the flow or of the workflow and those don't build pages or apps, but they need other platforms and they just manage the flow of data and how things, what will happen, events and what will trigger them, etc. Or there is like Webflow where you can have real extreme or high level of customization in building things and how they look in their design in the CSS or in your apps whether it's v1 or etc they can do that and what salt corn is focused on and is embracing is a high level of ability to create relationships between data and putting data at many different categories or tables that are related to each other at the same time which allows a lot of power in handling data and analyzing them in presenting them and in other benefits is this a fair understanding i yes i think i think that's correct and and i'd say uh to add add to that um what what we try to embrace is not just many different kinds of data but also different ways that you can interact with that the user can interact with the data um so for instance a kanban board um, for instance, a map display, um, some kind of uh, feed, um, different kinds of forms that you can edit uh, edit the data with. Uh, so that's really and and you know relating those different user interaction patterns to um, to the data such that 
And the user can build their own database of whatever they want to, you know, maybe it's products and maybe there's some special attribute of this product. And that special attribute can then be used in a very flexible way. Maybe, you know, that could be a column in the Kanban board or swim lane or, or something like that. Thank you. So the relationships between data and the way that people can interact with the data can be really extensive, of course, within the core functionality and the extensions that will be created for Saltcorn. Is this correct? Yes, that's right. So, so these kinds of user, so the, for instance, the, the Kanban board is a plugin. Maps is a plugin. We have plugins that um, provide uh, data into from external sensors. So for instance, in, in my house, um, I have a Raspberry Pi that runs Saltcorn. And it also has a little temperature sensor. And so there's a function that accesses the temperature sensor, puts that into a row in a table. And then when I log on to the Raspberry Pi through the network, I get a graph, a time series plot of the temperature in my house. And so the plot, the data visualization, that's yet another type of um, uh, interaction pattern way of visualizing the data that is available through an extension. Thank you. And right now, what kind of people, since you said you're receiving feedback that is keeping you busy, what are the commonalities between the people who seem to be most excited, attracted to, motivated, and being a fan of salt corn? Yeah, interesting. Um, ironically, I'd say what they all have in common is their diversity. And I think that's something that's... Um, uh, resonates with the no-code community um, because, you know, if if we were just all doing the same thing, we could just somebody was just would just have built a, a SaaS product or a desktop application uh, to um, to 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 solve that problem. So, uh, and I, this was actually surprising to me in a way because the first time when I started getting feedback, um, the first thing people asked for was a translation into their local language. And, and actually people came and were willing to do the work. So I, I, I uh, uh, you know, I built a, a file with the English strings and, and people would uh, um, write the translations into their own language. Um, and, uh, but this was surprising to me that, uh, because I, I didn't really think about it. You know, I live in the UK, uh, although I grew up in Denmark, but I, I live in the UK and been here for a long time. Um, this was, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about that. Right, um, that uh, uh, people would need that, but of course, it, it's it's when you need something special that you go to no code. Uh, the other thing that uh, I have a, a user called uh, Jonathan Holden, who is um, very interested in accessibility, um, and so I've been doing a lot of work with him. Um, and in terms of um, making sure that people can build salt corn users, salt, salt corn applications that are um, accessible uh, to uh, users who um, either need a screen reader uh, or who um, need uh, high contrast or uh, even, uh, you know, just thinking about cognitive accessibility, which is really interesting to me, uh, you know, just, just trying to accommodate uh, users who, you know, you know maybe can't you know, have a short attention span for whatever reason. Uh, let's make sure that that you know you don't need to remember anything in an application. Uh, that that you can still use it uh, without you know having to hold your attention to something. So that's one thing. And um, I'd say you know a, a lot of people come and um, use it for prototyping, right? That that's and that is one of the big success stories in um, in in no code that this is a, a prototype where you can very quickly, and, and I mean, you know, in a matter of hours, really create the um, uh, outline skeleton of some kind of functionality that uh, you uh, need for internally in a company or you need to pitch to a client. And then that's really, you know, you see how a prototype can really, spark off a conversation in a totally different way. So instead of, um, 
you know, uh, uh, just describing what you're saying or, or talking about your background and your pedigree, you can just show them a, pro a prototype. And then you can start the whole conversation about, oh, I want this box over here. And, you know, maybe they can't use salt corn, you know, maybe it's not flexible enough, maybe, you know, for whatever reason, but that's fine. You know, I've made it my goal that, that we should be as open as possible and, and people should be able to move off the system and, and move to, you know, something that's more specific, maybe more custom built. Um, so I'd say, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny answer, but, but I'd say actually what they have in common is that they all need their own special thing. Thank you. And that's not super useful. <laughs> so let's think in a more, in a different way. Okay, you have this powerful way to interact with data and to create relationships between data. And people like to do prototypes, I'm sure, that those prototypes can be diverse or not. But in general, what kind of use cases make people really need and value such power in relational data and in interaction with that data? Yeah, so I, I'd say an expression that I, that I often use is um, when it's all about your special widget, right? So when you are, um, say, a manufacturer of something or you're, you're dealing with a particular type of client and you have uh, some a particular attribute that you need to track. This is really where we're starting, where we're moving from, uh, where, where I see the, the journey is that spreadsheets do this so well, right? You, you just add another column. So let's say that I um, am organizing uh, parties, um, you know, wedding parties. Uh, but I uh, maybe I I work in a multilingual country, uh, and like say Switzerland, and uh, I need to uh, keep track of which language uh, this event is for. Um, and following that language choice. I have uh, a whole bunch of uh, material that needs to be dedicated. So all the communication needs to go out in that language. And, and maybe there's also some other considerations about, you know, different people like different things. So it is really when you, um, when you have this kind of special attribute that is a particular attribute of the product you're working on or the, the industry you're working to, that um, you start maybe outgrowing out totally off the shelf tools, um, and then you go into a spreadsheet, right? And spreadsheets, you know, are phenomenal. They, they, you know, you just add another column, and you can have whatever information you want in there. Problem is that I see that this type of no code tool um, is really helping you when you have outgrown your spreadsheet. Um, and you, uh, you know, you just cannot fit your hundred events, hundred parties that you're trying to organize into these spreadsheets. You're drowning, and you may have no way to um, uh, link data into different spreadsheets or get a, an overview. So, for instance, if you have one spreadsheet per event, there's no way to create an overview dashboard. So that that's that's a key advantage, and that's where you really need to move from a spreadsheet to a relational database and that that databases also do this so well but they become inaccessible to um, non-programmers right so you really need to bring in custom developers and that's when you know when you're at the stage of a business when you've grown you have uh you know more than a handful of employees and you're starting to lose overview of all the projects that are happening and you you, you know, you, you have several spreadsheets. That's when people typically call in the custom developers, but that can go upwards, right? That can go up. And, and, and especially if you want that to interact with your website, right? So if you already want to start um, taking some of this information um, from uh, uh, the inquiry, or maybe you want to build a dashboard for your clients to log in, to track the progress, you know, you want a dashboard for your wedding party uh, to, to, to log in and see if, you know, what still needs to be done and what's the estimate of the cost, et cetera, et cetera. That's when people call in the custom developers. Problem is that that starts at, you know, if you want that, that, that can go up to, you know, that can start at 50 to $100,000 and easily go upwards from that. And that, for me, that 
first stage digitization is the massive uh, uh, beachhead for for no code. That is really where where no code needs to uh, sit and and build on the people who have outgrown their spreadsheets and they have some special information that is is too special for their industry, for their product, for their business to for for someone else to have built a SaaS product that just tracks everything. And you need some some kind of customization, some kind of customer overview, customer dashboard. And that's where no code is. I mean, you know, you can build this in no code in 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 a couple of days, right? For or maybe maybe a week for a finished product. And this is where I, I really want this to be. I really want SaltCon to be something where instead of calling in the custom developers who send a project manager, you call in, you know, your nephew who knows about computers, right? And, you know, you call in that that teenager who's really good with computers or or this person who you know, but somebody in the community and somebody who's close to the problem, or maybe you know, maybe a smart employee who can pick this up um, and and become a power user for this tool, whether it's Saltcorn, whether it's Bubble, Airtable, or whatever it is, um, that that we uh, can then use to quickly build the solution without calling in the project managers, without calling in the programmers. Thank you. And actually, Andrew Wright, who has an episode here on uh, no-code intrapreneurship, he had this idea, well, you mentioned the nephew or a smart employee, but he said a lot of people are graduating in this pandemic. They cannot find great jobs. But if they learn to use no-code and do what you said and go to businesses, small or medium-sized, and say, look, I can create the databases, dashboards, workflows for you. They will create their own job out of nothing, and therefore they will survive this economic downturn. So it's really deeply beneficial. So if I understood you correctly, there are people who first outgrew the -the off-the-shelf solutions. They move into spreadsheets, but they will outgrow spreadsheets because maybe they have like, a hundred different events or projects with different variables working, they move to something like Saltcorn, and this allows them to put all the variables and to show them in any kind of way and interact with them in any kind of way that will be useful to their businesses. And instead of them going to hire some coders because it's necessary as they have outgrown all the Excel spreadsheets and the available solutions, and that can cost them 50000 or or 100000 they can come to Saltcorn to give them that result within a couple of days or a week with someone smart enough, knows about the industry and the company as well as about no code and don't need much time to figure things out. And they can give them a solution that will be a powerful solution for their business for almost nothing compared to the 50k or 100,000. Is this a fair understanding? Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I love the idea about people who uh, are, are looking out and, and creating these opportunities for themselves by, by going to companies. And this is why this is something I've said before. I think um, that that the scope for doing this, the market for doing this is so huge that there's so many different niches. And you know what? For some of them, SaltCon is going to be right. For some, it isn't. Some, it's going to be more about workflows. Some, it's going to be more about, you know, we talked about before the um, uh, uh, having exactly the right layout uh, that you get with Webflow. And I just think that there's so many niches out there in these small businesses that are growing, that are drowning, that there. I, I really don't think of, other no-code platforms as competitors because there are just there's so much space out there that there is enough space for everyone to to find some niche and find some no-code find some niche that their no-code platform is is just right for. I mean, I I have a feeling that maybe for Saltcorn it might be dashboards that that it will do really well at because that's something that's that's not that. I'm not sure any of the existing no-code tools are that strong in dashboards, and it's something I have a background and an interest in. So I have a feeling that that might be 
uh, where we're headed towards putting more functionality into dashboards. And um, I, 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 I am talking to, to uh, a company right now about building a dashboard on, on Sortcorn, which would be uh, fantastic because I would get paid. Um, and, and it would be a, a major project uh, for, for me and, and, and with a big impact for the company. Uh, so, um, I, 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 but yes, I, I want to reiterate, yes, you are absolutely right. And because of the diversity, there are so many different ways that we can go and so many niches for no-code platforms. I love that. And let's focus on dashboards. And remember that in marketing, you can have different branding somewhat for the same thing, but just to make sure that people are aware of what it does. So you can have even like a website or a subsection or a sub part that is called like salt corn for dashboards, even though it's the same thing. But when people come, you can speak specifically about dashboards and focus on that. And so let's focus on that. First, you mentioned a lot of great things, but let's go back to basics. So if I understood correctly, people can put a ton of data in, uh, into salt corn that can create extensions that will show them exactly the dashboards that will be most useful and beneficial to them and interact with that data in many creative ways, correct? Yes, that's correct. And is there a kind of dashboard or a couple that seem to be either the most popular or this company that will pay you for your hard work is interested in or that seems to send out among all the possible dashboard options. Yes, a um, something I've been fascinated with for a while is um, the idea of drill down. We call it drill down statistics. It's also called uh, cross filtering or dimensional charting. Um, but it's uh, that makes it sound too fancy. What it really is is that. It's a kind of dashboard where you can click on anything. So um, one of the best examples of that is uh, from this library called dc.js. Um, if you go to their website um, or just search for dc.js, uh, you get to a little example which shows uh, the prices for the NASDAQ 100. And it, it's really a great example that shows the power of, of this technique that I want to highlight, which I call drill down statistics. So what, what, you, see, what you see on your dashboard is um, the data broken down by many different dimensions. In this case, it is uh, the NASDAQ 100 share price, um, but it will be broken down by whether the day is a gain or a loss. It will be broken down by quarters and by the day of week and by which year it is. So this is data going back to the 90s. And the, the key thing here is it looks all very nice, but the, the, the magic comes when you realize that anything on this dashboard, you can click. And then you drill down into that segment. So if I click on uh, uh, the uh, quarters and if I click on uh, Q1, then suddenly the dashboard reconfigures itself and it uh, shows me just data from the first quarter of every year. And so uh, I now see whether how the days being split between gains and losses have uh, shifted for Q1. And I can use this to compare to Q2. So, you know, there are all these sayings, and I don't believe them, but in finance, there's all these sayings, you know, sell in May and go away. Uh, or maybe it's buying me, I can't remember. Um, but, you know, so you can use this to test hypotheses like this. They have another great example for venture capital investing, which is also accessible on the same webpage on dc.js, where you can look at venture capital investment and you can break it down by US state, you can break it down by sector, and you can break it down by, um, uh, what is the last thing? Oh, what, what round we're in. So I can see... First off, on the dashboard, I can see, you know, how much went to California, how much went to Texas. But if I then want to know just about uh, energy, right, I click on the energy split. And then suddenly the whole dashboard is reconfigured and focused just on energy. So then if I do that, I see that now actually uh, a lot more went to Texas proportionate, right? And um, 
and some of the other states drop out. So this is a kind of, I call it drill down because you can go down and you can keep on doing this, right? So if I click on uh, another factor, then that adds in and you now focus on those two factors you've clicked. Um, so you you sort of narrow down on, on the data. So this is a really fantastic technique, which is highly interactive and, you know, if you want to blow someone away, just show them this, show them this for, for your industry, for their domain, and they can just sit there and click all day. Now, you know, it doesn't count as rigorous statistical analysis, but that doesn't matter. It's a lot of fun. And you can sort of drill down into your data and, and come up with all sorts of little effects and different ways that the data is, is sort of changes as you go into different factors. So this is um, when I designed Saltcorn, I, uh, I have to confess, I, I had this in mind a lot. Uh, and and I, I I wanted to be able to accommodate this, and we sort of have that a little bit in our project management application, where you can click, you see a, a, a Kanban board with all your tasks, but then you see a breakdown with pie charts, and then I can click on a user, and then everything drops away except for the tasks that are assigned to that user, and um, then uh, you know you can look at what stage it's at what aspect it pertains to and, and uh, all sorts of ways you can slice and dice your data. And so this is, um, this is something that I want to go on and, and uh, developing. Uh, so we're going to have um, pivot tables where, you know, you can click on a factor and suddenly the pivot table changes to be just within that factor. Or um, we'll have uh, different, different types of visualizations, geographical displays that, that we don't do uh, uh, yet in, in Saltcorn. Um, and uh, you know, I, I see this as as a a, a key uh, a key application of Saltcorn over the next couple of months. Great slicing and dicing your data, drill down uh, statistics or drill down tables or drill down dashboards. Well, to make sure, to which kind of people does this seem to be the most useful and valuable feature? Is it prototyping and when people will take that to an investor, they will have a lot of fun clicking and clicking and clicking all their way to paying them the check <laughs> and investing? Or is it businesses who will need to see at a glance what's happening within their operations and projects so that they can make better decisions and be aware of any issues faster? Or what kind of people seem to be or will find this absolutely useful. It could be day traders, like you said, or economists or academics or business people or entrepreneurs. But to whom would this be a highly valuable feature? So I will say I've, I've never gotten an investment by uh, showing this uh, trick, but I have actually just by showing this plot uh, persuaded um, someone to quit their job and come and work with me. That was when we started AdviceBridge. And uh, showing those plots was uh, our key recruitment uh, technique. Um, but to answer your question more seriously, I would say this is uh, probably most useful. It's, it's nice to show investors. But I would say if you are... Um, manufacturing something or, or maybe you you have some facility and you want uh, your clients to get an overview of of that facility and how it is operating and get a view of um of the uh health of that system uh to give you an example uh, i've done this in another project uh, where we use this technique to uh, develop a dashboard for a real estate investment company where they had many different types of properties. Um, it was mainly residential, but they have different house sizes, different lease lengths, and different geographical um, valuations, different uh, property value bands. And so with property data, especially in a, in a portfolio of property, there are so many different ways that you can segment that data. And I'd say the most useful for that is giving people who need an overview of the entire operation, that is executives largely, or maybe investors into that fund, an overview of how that fund is performing, 
how each of those segments are up and down on this quarter. Um, that is probably where I see uh, the uh, most useful application of that technique. Thank you. And could you even have that under umbrella brand of like salt corn performance dashboards, although it's a similar, but it's focused on that so that any kind of people who need to track, be aware of, monitor performance of their investments, of their operations, of their businesses, of anything that can use it, because that will be a highly valuable thing. Is this possible? Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I agree this would be useful. Um, we might, I, I might, because I'm, I'm also in a fintech, we might do uh, something like that for our clients in that business that may involve salt corn. Um, uh, that that could be that would probably be just for for personal reasons how I would uh, position that. Um, but I agree that this was our um, one of our aims in in the uh, fintech business advice bridge that I'm a partner in. Um, I I agree this is uh, valuable. I hear your hesitation. So what's going on there? Because I can feel in your emotions that although your brain is saying yes. Tin, 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 this is a great idea. Your heart or other thoughts or other aims are saying this is contradictory to what we want. So uh, there is a cognitive dissonance or the grinder, or as I remember, someone, a, a psychotherapist was saying that when he was a child, he had one of those robots that you will uh, make walk forward or backward with a remote control and he thought what to do if i put the forward and backward at the same time well the the uh, robot started just shaking 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 and then it, it's brain fried so he said often human beings we have that where a part of us is wanted to move forward and another part is saying no and pulling us back and then we end up just shaking in place uh, figuratively and not moving forward. So what's happening here? Because a part of you is saying, yes, that's a great idea, but another part is saying that's not the plan. So tell me more. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Freud, for uh, that wonderful uh, insight. Look, you're right, you're right. Um, and look, you just have to, um, when you're working, when you've committed to working on a, uh, on a startup uh, with uh, partners, I think you do have an obligation um, not to uh, go in and, and compete with that. Um, that's not a legal obligation. That is a, a personal thing, but, but I, uh, I do think other people should you know, um, pay attention to that as well. I do think when, um, you know, I, I am a co-founder of, of, of that business uh, of, of, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's actually uh, doing all right now, right? So, so it's now got clients, um, it's got a sales pipeline. Um, and look, I, don't, I, I just have a need to compartmentalize my life in that sense that I don't really want to go out and do um, an open source uh, project in the personal finance space when I am also a co-founder in um in a business uh that also operates in that space and is still an ongoing concern where people are are struggling and where i'm still spending you know um half my time uh on on that project so i, I understand perfect so let's not compete because ethically it won't be right but what if i'm ha i'm having this other idea what mm -hmm. if you actually created an ability to have a dashboard for no code makers who are starting their business to keep track of how their business is performing and that will bring them into salt corn to discover all the other possibilities and since you understand funnels and everything this can be the lead generation what if you created the ability for salt corn to very easily so it's optimized to create dashboards for no code makers who are beginners maybe building in public or doing the challenges of like 100 days of no code etc to have those dashboards show them their progress track what they're doing and then when their business is working to track when do they sell yeah, most I think that's which a, that's day that's a great idea um i think um in, 
uh, I think the personal dashboard and the accountability dashboard that allows you as an entrepreneur to uh, to hold yourself accountable to your goals is um, is a really interesting space. Um, so there are multiple sets of data uh, that can be combined. And as you say, you know, great idea that you upload. Um, you know, if you just upload uh, spreadsheets and and data that you've you've dumped from from other uh, sources. I think that's that's really interesting, and then there's also now you know with the API space, there's the possibility of um, of, of of taking in the uh, statistics for um, uh, how you're performing on 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 um, social media. So how are you doing on engagement and followers on on Twitter? So I think that's I think that is a a great uh, a great idea. Um, I think some some tools are you know starting. Uh, to to come out in that space, I saw this uh, this one called CrowdTech IO that's being promoted quite heavily in in the no code uh, Twitter space, but it looks really really promising. Um, but uh, I think finding a niche is almost um, you know this is where I've really drunk the Kool Aid and really learned a lot from uh, hanging out in no code space on on Twitter. Is the hardest thing in business is is actually to um, identify a niche and uh, to um, to find something that that just distinguishes that niche, and then you know that there will be products that that niche uh, needs, and that um, that you can build relatively easily by interacting with people in that niche. I, I love the idea about build in public or the hundred days of code, hundred days of no code uh, space, um, and and uh, you know that, that that's a great idea. I was thinking, in fact, about building a build in public application. Where you um, where you sort of get a campaign board and you'd you'd be able to keep track of of your um, of your of your mentions, but I think that idea has probably flown a little bit. That, that I think there are a couple of apps now that I've seen recently that are trying to specifically target the uh, build an app for the build in public uh, market. But the dashboard angle is interesting because that's something that. Um, that people don't often think about, and and you know it does require a little bit of, of data science knowledge to to do that well. So, yeah, I like the idea. Thank you. And you can think of it as if you were a kind of octopus, and each arm is a way to bring people in. So one can be the build in public, another one is social media monitoring, etc. And like you said, the dashboard is very very valuable and important and second you said there is so much space that they're not competitors those but actually think of them as all leading them down into learn and discover salt corn and then discover all the potential it has and although they begin with a dashboard for their social media or build in public they think wow this salt corn it has so much more to offer and therefore they begin to use it in so many creative ways that will give you even more ideas about how to be useful it's like you know a photographer who will do uh, a book about how the mistakes you make when choosing or a financial personal finance person writing the five mistakes you make in your personal finance do you know what i mean so yeah, to you the dashboards for anything, they're not really competing with others, but it's allowing people to use and see how SaltCorn performs. And I think, wow, if it can do this, and there is information that it does much more, we will come and begin using it for other ways that will be creative and open up new ways for you to discover the potential of SaltCorn and to bring more users to it. I do like that idea. Um, the idea of of giving. I mean, this is this is going back to what we talked about uh, about letting users add a uh, special type of data to an existing structure, and and you know we have all that infrastructure in in Saltcorn. So I do like the idea of of having a predefined uh, dashboard in. Uh, in Saltcorn, but then the users uh, can go in and edit that, right? So um, we do have uh, a lot of that functionality. We have this uh, thing called Packs, which are like applications. It's like an application you can install on your Saltcorn instance, uh, where you can just you know click one button and then it becomes a project management tool, or click one button and it becomes a blog by by downloading those def- definitions and installing them on the installation, um, and uh, 
I, I do, uh, I, I think I just need to get a little bit better at um, being more marketing focused like you, Abdulaziz. I need to be more like you and uh, think about <laughs> Thank um, you. how to draw these people in and then give them a, a, a finished product so it is uh, easy to use, easy to, to get some value, but then show them that they can change that product and make it their own. This sounds a little bit like the, um, you know, this uh, hooked model, uh, what's it called? Nia, I can't remember his name, but the, uh, the book called Hooked about how getting people to uh, make an investment into um, a product and, and customize and giving them a little bit of customization, then they, they've made an investment into the product and then they come back and, and uh, they see that there's a sort of value loop where they get more value out of it. Thank you so much. And, you know, Tom, can you end with two things? One, do you have any piece of advice to people who are trying to build something successful that maybe from the experience of building salt corn, you have that? As well as if people want to use salt corn to learn more, what are the best links that I will make sure to share in the description? for them to go and begin using salt corn and read more and learn more. Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, I have two pieces of advice which are completely contradictory. The first is um, actually when you listen to advice that's given like this, um, always to take it with a grain of salt because um, it is always advice that is is given by a particular person who has gone through particular experiences and it may or may not apply to you it may or may not apply now it may in the future uh, so <laughs> ironically i'd say uh, take all of these advice with a grain of salt but the other piece of advice i'd give then is you know never underestimate you know how much you can get done with just a little effort and never you know you know the, the bar to competing is always very very low and, 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 you know, you can, with, with these technologies, um, with the amazing resources that you can get on, on Twitter, on, you know, by Googling, you can create something that can satisfy um, a real need. And, you know, not to worry about, you know, whether uh, this will have competition or whether this will, um, you know, what other people will, will clone it if they see it. Um, but just, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of large companies just can't get anything done. And, and as you, you know, you know, people can, people who work as individuals and who are driven uh, can do so much more. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't need that much to go out and compete. You just need some kind of niche and, and go out and, um, and, and build something for that niche and talk to people in that, in that uh, space. Right. So uh, links for Saltcorn. Uh, just go to saltcorn.com. Um, that is uh, the main homepage. Uh, you can try it there. So you can um, uh, just uh, create an application there and uh, you can mess around with that. Uh, if you like it, uh, I'd recommend um, self-hosting it. So you can uh, run it on your desktop, but that has the disadvantage that no one will be able to contact it. So then um, the cheapest and the simplest option is uh, that DigitalOcean on their marketplace have a, um, a an image for this. So for $5 per month, um, you can uh, create your own saltcorn in uh, installation. That is a two-click procedure. You don't need to know the Unix command line. You don't need to know about um, pretty much anything about uh, servers. Uh, you just go to the marketplace, uh, create, um, uh, select Saltcorn, and then create your droplet at $5 per month. That gives you a running installation that is suitable for you know, a small application. And of course, you know if you want to serve a lot of traffic to a lot of people, then you're going to have to go uh, to slightly larger droplets. But I think you can get a lot done with uh, you know a handful of, of, of dollars, maybe going up to 20 Thank you. And you mentioned to take the advice with a grain of salt and the application of the platform is salt corn. So how did that name come to be? It seems a lot of salt love is in your life. I do love salt. I, I remember I was, uh, I, I, had, I was doing this silly thing at an investment meeting and I had to say what uh, I would always find in my cupboard. And somebody said, had already said peanut butter. I love peanut butter as well. So I couldn't say that. But then I said, okay, I, I, I love salt so much. I, 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 
Don't tell my doctor about that. Uh, salt corn in, uh, you know, in um, in uh, in Danish, um, we don't say grain of salt. We actually say a salt corn, like a, a peppercorn. Uh, so it's actually a word. I think in many other European languages, uh, you say uh, salt corn analogously to peppercorn. And since I I, I like salt so much, um, and since the dot com was 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 available, and um, it was uh, not a lot of Google hits for that, and and fairly distinguishable, then I I went for that. Thank you, Tom. It was a pleasure, and this time passed like a breeze since you're using salt corn. Uh, so that other metaphor is the breeze, which is from the sea where you can smell the salty sea air. So it's all salt, but in a good way. Because did you know salary comes from salt? Because a long time ago, salt was so precious that many people would get paid with salt when even the the ones who were not were in the, doing like building the pyramids and they weren't all slaves, they would get paid a salary with salt and therefore salt was so valuable they will exchange it for so many great things about a hard after a hard labor day and so salt is money in many ways salt corn is a corn of wealth <laughs> that will grow into that's the it, future that's, that's interesting i did not know that i do know about the uh the salt protests and the salt tax in uh, in india uh, that was uh, that was of course instrumental in in really the beginning of the Indian independence movement um, under British colonial rule, and, and that was again you know a s similar idea that that salt was so precious, and and suddenly you know the British taxed it, and that really annoyed people and and really started um, the movement against uh, um, against the, against the, against the British. So see, the British weren't very good at uh, you know. In Boston, it was tea, and, and in India, it was salt. Uh, so that's, that's the one thing never to tax. Two things, salt and tea. <laughs> Not <laughs> right. the only one. Thank you very much, and I wish you a great, great day. You too. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you.